Hi, little buddy. You give me five? I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> wow, you're all the way over here. Do you know her? Yeah? Is she an auntie to you? Yeah? Well, can I have a low five? Can I have a high five? I'm so glad you're here. God bless you. And then I see some friends from Grace over here. So hello all. I won't make you high five me because then I'd have to climb in over Ed and get there. But welcome. Welcome. We have some announcements before we get started. I would like to direct your attention to the table in the back. On there is a, a bulletin board that Jewel has made. And you know that we have had um, a ministry, or rather that she's had a ministry. We've sent her out as a, as a missionary. And she has been putting together with her school district, kids that are at risk, backpacks and clothing. And they have impacted over 20 students. And I read, is it two families now that we have helped to sponsor? And here's the thing. A lot of the monies that had come in in the past to help these people did not in, in the volume that they had had in the past. And because of your generosity, we made up a gap that was more than 50%. More than 50%. So thank you. Even little drops of rain in time, they become a river, don't they? And um, you should have seen Jules face in the smile, and there it is again. But that feels good, and it feels good to hear it. And I said, watch and see what we do next year. Amen? Amen. Amen. I don't actually have a copy of the bulletin this morning, so as I continue to walk and muddle my way through it, oh, I can't take yours, Karen. Thanks, Steve. Um, I would like to also invite you to Wednesday service, uh, Wednesday evening. We start at 6 o'clock, and we have uh, Advent lessons and a dinner and some singing. Uh, I would also like to uh, uh, bring to your attention this particular flyer in the bulletin about our cantata that is coming together on December the 23rd. That's next Sunday at our 9 o'clock service here. And this is a presentation of Do You Hear What I Hear? And John and Laurel Jones have been putting this together, and Liz is directing this. And from what I've heard from those in the know, it is fantastic. So please do come next Sunday, December the 23rd. We also have a Christmas Eve service. Eve this year is going to start at 6 p.m., so I won't be dragging you into to the a.m. hours there, but it'll be 6 p.m. on December the 24th. That is a Monday. And is there anything that I have left out? Anything, Ed? No? Okay. Well, let us stand and let us sing as unto the Lord as we light the Advent wreath. It is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.
We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you and for his sake. He forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we implore you to hear our prayers and to lighten the darkness of our hearts by your gracious visitation. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Before I start, thank you. Um, I can't tell you how much your uh, donation makes a big difference. Um, if we were to become homeless, you have to know that God would be with you wherever you are. Thank you. So good morning. The first reading this morning is from Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 14 through 20, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1466. Sing, daughter of Zion, shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I will remove you, all who mourn over the loss of your appointed festivals, which is a burden and reproach for you. At that time, I will deal with all who are oppressed you, with all who oppressed you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather the exiles. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have suffered shame. At that time, I will gather you. At that time, I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord. We will read Psalm 85 responsively, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 85. You, Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Restore us again, God our Savior, and put away your displeasure towards us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again? that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants, but let them not turn to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him. 
that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet each other. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. The third reading is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1830. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading this morning is from St. Luke, chapter 7, verses 18 through 35 and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1603. Glory to you, O Lord. Yes. St. Luke, chapter 7, starting with verse 18. John's disciples told him about all of these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? And when the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? And at that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. And so he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And after John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? And if not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, 
Those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of woman, there is no one greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Now all the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. Jesus went on to say, to what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? Well, they are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to each other. We played the pipe for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not cry. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he was a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by all of her children. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Are you ready for Christmas? <laughs> no. Well, take a look at this. Y'all got nine days <laughs> to get ready. Hey, Sam, you ready for Christmas? Ah, come on, you know. You guys ought to be ready. You say, yeah, I'm ready for it tomorrow. Let's speed it up a little bit, right, little sis? Yeah, uh-huh. There you go. You're not ready? You haven't done all your? Okay, well, let's talk about that for a little bit, okay? I'm not going to pick on you. I'm not going to pick on anybody. They're going to leave that to the Holy Spirit. Uh-oh. So when people say things like, are you ready for Christmas? That's the question we hear a lot, right? I mean, come on, you just heard it twice now. And uh, what do you think it is that people mean by that, by that question? What do, what do they mean when they ask, are you ready? Okay, I mean, I'm sure through your mind, lots of things are going through there, right? So they, we, they wonder, do you have all your shopping done? I understand that I guess it's too late to order online right now. It's not going to get here in time. Is that true? Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't, I don't get, I'm not allowed to do that. Have you finished wrapping all of your gifts? No? Okay. Have you put up your Christmas tree and all the decorations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just got all ours up yesterday. Have you sent your Christmas cards? <laughs> At our house, it's, there's always next year. <laughs> Have you finished baking all of the Christmas goodies? <laughs> mm, okay, not a lot of yeses. Is your house clean and ready for visitors? Well, it used to be before kids, right? Oh, oh I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you there. We got a furrowed brow. <laughs> I've got my eyes on you too, guys. All right. So these kind of things that we ask are, are you ready for Christmas? And John was crying out. And John was crying out these words, a voice in the wilderness crying out, prepare the way for the Lord. In last week's readings, he said, fill in the valleys, level off the mountains, make crooked roads straight, and the rough places smooth. Was he talking about road work? No. No, he wasn't. He was talking about when what we're celebrating, the advent, the expectancy, the Messiah is coming. He was a messenger. He was telling people to mend your crooked ways. Come out of the pit in which you are in. Get rid of those mountains that are blocking you from goodness. Come, repent, and be baptized. He also said when, he, when, he, when Jesus appeared that, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He also said, I baptize you with water. But there comes one who will baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. And that's where we are right now, where we are expecting to celebrate in just nine days, but we celebrate it all the time, the coming of the Lord. Our Father who art in heaven actually made a plan where he was going to save the world with a, a baby who would become who we know our Lord and Savior. The people didn't realize, many of them, what this all meant. They didn't realize that they needed Jesus. And even though there were prophets that were pointing the way of Christ from long before Christ was born, we heard from one this morning, Zephaniah. There are others that we have heard from Isaiah, whereupon they say that he is going to take our sins He'll take upon himself our iniquities. And the ones that responded were the ones that were the least. The least came out to see John the Baptist, one who could be considered the least as well. But the ones that had it all together, maybe the ones that had their Christmas shopping already done or everything was in, in order, their finery was done, their house was clean. They didn't believe, but they were there. Jesus asked that question, what did you go out to see? 
Well, they came to see a prophet. Some of them didn't realize the importance of it. But when they got there, they felt it. They, they, they responded. The Spirit moved them to repent and be baptized right then. Talk about an awkward beginning of a speaker that you go and see. Do you remember what John said to him? You brood of vipers. Who told you to come out here and be baptized? Can you imagine if we started our service that way? And yet they stayed and they received his baptism. Jesus asked, did you go to see a a man in finery, in, in great clothes? No. What they found was a man with camel hair, itchy camel hair, and a leather belt. And he, drank, he ate wild honey, and he chewed on locusts. That was what he was fed on. I can imagine it could be kind of a, uh, confusing. Really, this is the messenger to tell me what I need? Isn't that just like us, looking at a gift based upon the way it is wrapped? It's important to know and for me to point out what Jesus has done for you. Now, the prophet John was great. Jesus even said that. Did you remember hearing that this morning? He said, born of woman is no man greater than John. But even he is less than the least of heaven. And John even said, I must decrease in order that he may increase. What exactly does that mean? I must decrease in order that he may be increased. We had an example of this in our uh, Advent class on Wednesday. Imagine you go to somebody's house or, or even the movie theater. Let's just say that, the movie theater. And you're going to see a show. And you see this great big screen. And there's great big speakers, surround sound, Dolby, right? And you got the cushy seat. Some of them even have the seats that go up like that. Have you been in a place like that yet? They have these, oh yeah, you got to try it. You got to go at a matinee, otherwise you're going to have to look somebody in finance because it's not cheap. But, but the, the seats, they, they tilt you back. And there's one place you can even push a button and they'll bring you food. You know, I mean, talk about something. But when you go there and, you, and, the, and the show comes on, are you focused on the screen? Are you focused on the speakers? Or are you focused on what the production is in front of you? And that's what the prophet and his job was. Not to point to himself, hence the camel hair. Not to point to his goodness, hence his humility, saying, one comes that I'm not even qualified to loosen the straps on his sandal. That's what a pastor, a minister is supposed to be too. Your pastor here has come to speak Not about me, but he, him, 
Christ and him crucified. The focus is to be on Christ. And the focus is to be me proclaiming Christ in your life. Christ here, now, for you. How often do we see in this world ministers that, that, that don't do that well? I came across an article this week of a minister in one of the Carolinas. He made a video of him handing the keys to his beloved wife to a, I think it was a Lamborghini it was a $200,000 Lamborghini. How would you feel if I handed Tracy keys to a $200,000 Lamborghini and filmed it? You want the first ride? God bless you. Me, if I was sitting out there, I'd say, get a rope. Where'd that money come from? All right, well, the fact of the matter is, um, I don't know where it came from, from the man. The man has written books and all these kind of things. That is not the point. The point is, that is putting a lot of focus on him. We also know from a, another pastor, if you will, <laughs> Pastor Paul, once known as Saul, who said, you know what? I have liberty to eat whatever I want, to do pretty much anything I want, but not everything I do and choose is good for me. So he says, if my eating meat, think about that, just eating meat would cause a brother to stumble, then I will not eat meat lest I cause somebody to miss the mark. So I see in, in John the Baptist, that's pretty clear. He would, he would agree with that. And I agree with that. And yet, I also find comfort in John the Baptist saying to his, his disciples that were there taking care of him and while he was in prison, and he sent them, hey, go ask Jesus if he's the one or if another's coming. Why did he do that? He was the greatest. What that tells me is that there was, a, there was some doubt. Had to be a little bit of doubt introduced to him by by Satan because not all that earlier he had said behold the Lamb of God or maybe we wait for another one to come no he didn't do that he proclaimed the Lamb of God but yet he had a moment of weakness and that means that you and I may do have and will have too and it doesn't disqualify you or me from the race that God in his love and his mercy forgives us these times when we doubt. And Jesus certainly pointed out to, his, to us through his disciples, ye of little faith. Over and over he says that. We know that a day is coming for those who do not believe and those who do believe. But a day is coming when we'll have to give an account for what we've done with this life. And either we will pay for our own sins, and that'll take an eternity in hell, 
or we have Christ pay for them. For those who believe, for those who have been baptized, for those who confess Christ as Lord and Savior, your name is written in the book of life. And you are justified by what he did for you on that cross. You have been made clean and been clothed and covered in Christ by your baptism. You continue, continually being, are being washed by the word. You are continually being washed in the holy sacrament of the altar. That's what Jesus has done for you. That's what your pastor here is supposed to do. And that is to point you to Jesus for wherever you are at. If and when you have doubt, if and when you are in a joyous mood, to always bring it back to him and what he's done in all things. We praise him. Not in all things we praise me, myself and I. That includes you. In all things we give him the glory. And that's not just for pastors or for prophets. That's for his kids. The king's kids that I see out here right now. In all things, backpacks for example. You gave to one who knew those in need. You made a difference. You pointed it at Christ. I know no one's sitting here going, yeah, I really gave plenty. Look at me, help them kids, right? No. But through her tears and through her, her testimony, did you feel it? Did you feel like you were a part of something a lot bigger than you? I did. And that's the gift that we have. And that is our marching orders in time. Clothed in Christ, not perfect. Marked by the cross. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Will you please stand? Let us now, together, confess our faith to the words of the Nicene Creed, found on page three of your bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate of the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. God our Father, your Son bids us to pray with confidence. Give us your Spirit to see you in the person of your Son, knowing that he and none other is the one who came to bear our sins and be our Savior. Encourage us in true faith and fill us with joy knowing he will come again to make all things new. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father in heaven, send laborers into the harvest, pastors, missionaries, teachers, and other servants of the word to declare your law and proclaim your saving gospel in Christ Jesus, that your name may be hallowed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father in heaven, you graciously rule your people, even as your strong arm keeps evil at bay through right governance in this world. Bless and guide all who are in authority to rule justly and give your spirit to your people, that we may believe your word and live holy lives. Sustain the faith of all who suffer mockery, persecution, and death for the name of Christ, and keep us in true faith in your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Wise Father, your will is done without our prayer. Turn our hearts to you so that we trust your wise counsel in all things and trust your good and gracious providence in our daily lives, even as you bring us to eternal life. 
Open our hearts to all your promises, that we may know your will and receive your gifts in the gospel and sacraments in true faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Kind Father, your Son gave bread to the hungry, sight to the blind, and hearing to the deaf. He made the lame to walk and cleanse lepers. He raised the dead and preached good news to the poor. Help again your suffering people, the hungry, the poor and unemployed, the sick, the dying, the grieving, and all who are anxious of heart, especially those we now name silently or out loud. Graciously give them all that they need for their well-being. Give them ears to hear the good news of life and salvation and quiet their fears with your love. Lead us to receive your daily gifts, our daily bread, with thankful hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, forgive us our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness. Soften the hearts of those who reject your word and renew those whose faith is faltering. Open our ears to your call of repentance and to your promise of mercy. Grant us to come to your table in true faith, gladly receiving Christ's body and blood and the forgiveness he promises. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father in heaven, keep far from us Satan and all his wickedness and lies. Give us eyes to see evil and flee from it to your son, who casts out demons and restores those who have fallen. In our last hour, bring us to yourself in peace and safety. Grant that in this day and the coming week, your spirit would guide us in safety and godliness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, into your hands we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you please stand? Pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should in all places and at all times give praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, that you have comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer, 
through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes again to judge the world in righteousness. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins do this in remembrance of me for we know that as often as we eat of this bread and that we drink of this cup that we proclaim Christ's death his resurrection and is coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that our Lord Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord sustains us in everything, in every way. And this is another way. A beautiful, life-giving, salvation-giving means of grace, his body, his blood shed for you. I've heard you confess with your lips that he is your Lord and Savior. This table is prepared for you. You may be seated and the ushers will bring. Well, now you have a new answer for the question, are you ready for Christmas? And so you bet I am. I've been waiting with expectancy for the birth of the beautiful child, Jesus, the Lamb of God that took the sin of the world for me and for you. I'm ready. Amen? Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn is Angels We Have Heard on High.